0: Hi, everybody, and away we go with another edition of the Stampede Wrestling Show. Ladies and gentlemen, good
1: evening and welcome into Heartbeat Radio. My name is Harry Broadhurst filling in for Patrick Ketza tonight, and I assume shortly Bruce Hart will be joining us here, but to my knowledge the theme of tonight's show is the New England wrestling scene, and joining me on the phone at this particular moment now is a Mr. Dick Blake. Mr. Blake, how are you doing this evening?
0: Very good, and yourself, sir. Thank you.
1: I'm doing very well here. Um, so before we get started into the heat of the show here, and I'm sure that we'll go back over this and everything once, once Bruce gets onto the. As a matter of fact, I think we might have him right now. Uh, give me one quick second while I check the uh, while I check the phone lines here. Yes, sir. Uh, a little bit of issue with the soundboard there. All right, and actually joining us at this moment now is the man himself. Bruce, can you hear me, sir?
2: Yeah, hi, how are you? Is that Harry?
1: Yes, it is. How are you doing this evening? How was your weekend?
2: Oh, good. Uh just watching, uh, watching the Blue Jays and the Yankees. So uh, good series. Uh, it's actually pulling for uh, the Bronx Bombers, the... Didn't do that well, but uh, anyway, how's everything down in the Big Apple?
1: I'm actually from Ohio.
2: Oh, my uh, my associates <laughs> indicated to me, or I thought you were down in uh, in uh, Gotham Town, but uh, what part of Ohio are you in?
1: I uh, Youngstown. It's just it's about an hour outside of Cleveland.
2: Oh. Well, Cleveland's on the upswing these days with Johnny Mansell and uh, LeBron, so uh, that's good. I'm glad to see they're emerging from the uh, chasms of the first LeBron defection or whatever, so that's cool. But, um, yeah, let's we'll, we'll shake it down in, the, in the, uh, the scene, as they say, Harry, uh, anything new and exciting?
1: Um, not really this weekend. I don't have any shows this weekend. We actually have a couple of guests already on the line here. Um, Mr Blake, can oh, you cool. still hear me?
2: Yeah. yeah I are Good. you. Good. Uh yeah, how are you, told Bruce? we're gonna have some of the New England uh old guard on there, so I'm I'm looking forward. I always enjoy uh engaging in conversation with enlightened intelligent people so uh. Tom and Richard and some of those guys are oh it's always kind of a pleasure to talk turkey with guys who know what they're talking about so that's cool. All
3: right we have
1: we have mr. Blake on the line already we actually have another caller in queue so I'm going to go ahead and check on that why don't you guys go ahead and continue here I've already played the intro so we're actually live and on the air mr. Hart
2: cool. How was you tonight Bruce? Hi oh not bad uh, thanks for uh seeing fit to join us tonight it's nice to oh. take from thanks your for schedule and yeah i uh i always look forward to the uh diatribes with the uh new england guys always uh you know a lot more entertaining and intrinsically satisfying than some of the other uh you know abominations that I, Oh, well Engage um, in,
0: you know. Well thank God. I don't know how intelligent I am, but I appreciate
2: that. Yeah, I'm sure we'll uh find some common ground to uh dissertate on or whatever, so Oh we do.
0: <laughs> we have we have uh Bobby Valente gonna be on our show next week, so we do have something in common.
2: Oh that's good. Hopefully he'll be uh behaving himself since his oh. uh return to the the Big Apple. He's keeping his uh, humility quotient at a reasonable level. I hope.
0: <laughs> um, I've spoken to him a couple times, and he's he's pretty um, on point. He's pretty humble. He has a lot of great things to say about you and Bob.
2: Oh, that's good. I uh, appreciate it. You know, uh, he seemed to make some nice strides up here, you know, and hopefully he'll, uh, I hope that he's going to be working a few, uh, shows down in, uh, your neck of the woods in the next little while. So I look forward to hearing how he did, you know, and, uh, yes, sir. I've heard very good things about the, uh, just the promotion you guys have down there and, um, and, uh, some of the talent I heard was actually pretty, uh, Pretty decent, you know, Bobby Ocean and some of those guys. So, uh, oh. I'm I'm uh, happy to hear that. You know, there's uh, as I keep uh, lamenting on <coughs> on the radio, there's a, a dire shortage of uh, decent uh, new talent in the wrestling these days. You know, so I'm hoping that some of your initiatives and maybe some of ours, uh, you know, kind of result in some new guys that are uh, up to, uh, you know, a decent level start uh, getting a chance to uh, do their thing, you know. I hope all these young guys are appreciative of people like you and your associates, um, you know, just doing those shows and, uh uh it's not easy you know and you what you're really doing is uh giving them a vehicle to uh you know kind of uh learn the uh the business and you know and you know quite often uh, it's not really a, a money making endeavor but it uh it certainly uh gives these guys that uh, vital uh opportunity to Go out and work and, uh, I hope they're always appreciative of you guys, uh, putting your neck on the line for them, you know. I, I know, uh, quite often in the old days, uh, you know, there was a lot of appreciation for guys like Stu and some of them for opening that door or giving these guys the, uh, you know, the opportunity, but, uh, in the more recent times there's been a mercenary type uh, mindset you know and quite often they think they're uh doing you a favor in that rather than the other way around but i i commend you guys for uh keeping the flame burning
0: we we don't have that issue um, I'm
2: happy to hear that i uh, hope i hope the guys are just happy to have a chance to get out and work and engage in have some fun and uh, interact with each other and the fans and all of that, you know, that's that's what it's all about really, you know, the money oh. I always I always thought the money was secondary, you know, you know, it was uh it was always a great time and it was always kind of uh for me just uh, I would have worked for nothing and I'm sure guys like Dynamite and Brett and Owen and would tell you the same, you know, it was just uh it was just a big trip to uh, go out there and do it. You know, it's uh, you know uh, just a lot of fun, and you uh, know and I, I, the money didn't mean anything to me. I just enjoyed going out, and it was a, a thrill for me to even be on the same card with some of those old legends when I was breaking in the old Harleys and Dory Funks and Terrys and some of them. You know. I was sort of like a mark, you know, just being in the same dressing room as those guys, you know. And You know, I didn't give a damn if I got paid at all. It was uh, just kind of, uh, you know, a highlight of my uh, early life to uh, be even allowed in the same dressing room or allowed to ride in the car with uh, some of those Luthezes and those uh, Andre the Giants and all those old guys, you know, that was... uh, you know, all I was seeking, you know, was like a big mark. You know, like I like, I guess like a kid baseball player being allowed to be in the same dress here as Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle or something like that, you know. So.
4: Excuse me, they tell me you
2: guys have a, a few old veterans down there, too, that sometimes uh, come to your shows. and
0: uh, Pretty, you know, we try to not have big names. Pretty much we don't. Um, the only big name that we have is Antonio Thomas from the, the Heart Drops. But we run on pure talent that's in the area, and he's one of the great talents in the area. So he's on our show. Um, my philosophy is that, that I want to promote the guys in the area. And we, we A pretty much credit, tend to get,
2: I know,
4: they make the
0: show.
2: I know i when I was down in the in the late nineties we' were, you know doing those it was called u c w uh, ultimate championship wrestling or something out of queens but um I was sort of pleased there was a kind of a myriad of these old veterans who were just uh, i think they're retired maybe by that time, but they would come by just to uh just to see the shows and give a little Moral support, I remember meeting guys like, uh, Tony Atlas, and I think Captain Lou came out, and Tony Altamore and, uh, Johnny Rods, and some of those guys, you know, and yeah. it meant a lot to the, uh, the rookies, some of those guys that were on those cards, like Tiger Con, and, uh, I remember a few of the others that were out there, that meant a lot to them that some of these old, uh, those guys were sort of legendary in their time. You know, they would come out and uh, you know just give the guys some advice and uh, all like that. You know, and I hope there's a few of those guys still kicking around out there that maybe uh, see fit to just come out and uh, give you guys some uh, moral support. You know, that, uh, that means a lot to the, the the young guys. You know, if they see an old veteran that maybe had some uh stature back in his day coming out and uh, just kind of uh you know, gracing putting a in an appearance, you know, I always thought that was kind of cool when the old vets did that, you know. So
0: Well we have we have a wide range from Go ahead, sir.
1: I'm sorry, Mr. Blake. Uh, we have a couple guys that have been sitting in the queue for a few moments. I'd like to bring one to continue the conversation, if you don't mind.
2: Not at all. The more the merrier.
1: All right, let's welcome in uh, Tom Burke. Mr. Burke, can you hear me, sir? I can hear you loud and clear.
5: Okay.
2: Nice to welcome hear your, uh, nice, nice Bruce, to to hear you your voice, way. Tom. Thank you for coming Good. on. I'm, uh,
5: my I'm pleasure, always honored. Always a pleasure.
2: Yeah, I'm always... Uh, honored and uh, humbled that a a guy of your stature would see fit to uh, come on and uh, give your insights and your perspectives.
4: And the other
1: guy that's mentioned... I apologize, Mr. Burke. Go ahead.
5: Go ahead. Well, you know, it's um, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk uh, old-school wrestling. uh, And uh, we at... uh, uh, the New Age O-Time Wrestling Promotions try to implement that on all our shows. Uh, as, as Richard Blake said, we um, have a good, strong crew of guys, all local guys from our area and throughout New England and New York State. And uh, we bring them in, and, uh, you know, uh, sometimes you, guy, you get guys in that may have a um, an ego problem or something, and they're weeded out. Shall so I say that that's happened on a couple of occasions. But well, you know, also, the betterment of the promotion—that's the way I look at it. You know, I mean, uh, uh, a couple of the guys have told me uh, a couple of shows ago that out of all the promotions in New England, that the old time dressing room is the most <laughs> friendly one in that they've ever worked. That there's never any hostilities. Never any BS, no egos ramp around. So that, that's that's a uh, a major plus to the promoter, and Mr. Blake, and and the booker. Uh, and you know, it's um, it's something that's uh, uh, very proud to be associated with something like that. Because as you very well know, Bruce, dressing can get very, uh, shall we say, crazy.
2: Sure. Oh yeah, I'm 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 glad to hear. it, You know, it's that, that's what it used to be like back in the day you know there was a humility quotient and uh a packing order you know guys would come into the dressing room and uh especially the the upstarts and the new guys would be very uh circumspect and humble around the uh you know if if there happened to be a harley race or a dory funk or a you know a billy robinson and some of those guys in the dressing room uh you know, you, you know, if you did have an ego, and most didn't at that time, they they were very uh, respectful, and wouldn't open their mouths, or you know, they would go get you a coffee or whatever. You know, there was, there was no uh, <laughs> manifestation of egocentricity or whatever. And, uh,
4: exactly, I remember
2: it was like that. You know, I'm, you know, uh, but. I think it was good for the business. You uh, you tended to uh, respect your so-called elders, but you also respected the business, and there was sort of a code of conduct, or there was this, you know, uh, all of that, which all too often seems to be uh, no longer around these days, you know, and I think it uh, unfortunately permeates into... Uh, what goes on in the ring, too, you know, there's, uh I know in the old days, and I've said this on some of the previous broadcasts, uh there was a very pronounced hierarchy on the card, even, you know, the like guys in the opening matches were not trying to uh steal the show, or they weren't trying to do more high spots than the guys in the main event, or they were not getting on the mic unless, you know, told to, and all this other, you know, so there was, uh, you know, uh, a certain uh, code of ethics, I guess, you know, and, uh, and you know, the, I guess it was part of the dues paying process, but uh, some of the indie shows I've seen in the last decade or two, you know, they uh, haven't really been instilled with that much, you know, and uh, I'm glad that you guys are sort of, uh, you know, you guys, like Tom and Richard and all have been around enough that you,
5: you know, uh, you know, you would have seen the
2: Killer Kowalskis and those guys. You know, and I'm sure that's something that that uh, was always a big part of uh, even the success of the guys that came out of Stampede and uh, went on into Stardom in WWE, like on and Breton, and Davey and Benoit and all like that. But they were they were pretty humble and pretty. Uh, You know, uh, respectful of, you know, everybody when they went in there. And it, uh, I think, went a long way to, you know, Vince and those guys, uh, you know, having respect for them, too, you know. And um, I'm hopeful that um, some of those things are part of the business are going to be...
5: Absolutely, and then you know, like like you just said about the uh, the opening match, you know, uh, how many times did the, back in the day when the opening match would end up in a draw, you know, they they they'd go there fifteen minutes or whatever, and that would be it, you know, and the yeah, guys would they, just you know walk off and you know and you know knock it on the mic and blab, and, you know, I want your butt and all this stuff next time, you know. Yeah, and and you never stuff, saw them.
2: Is this crazy? In the old days I'm sure you uh tom and richard if you actually uh if you're a rookie and you uh weren't aware of the uh, kind of the code of ethics or whatever but if you if you went out into the crowd and uh, hit somebody with a chair or or uh maybe uh gut colored you know or swearing or any of that kind of stuff. Th- there would be hell to pay in the dressing room after you'd get all the, uh, the old veterans, uh, you know, chewing your... I'm on there, everybody. Yeah, it was... Hello? Hello, I'm, I'm here. here. I hear some um, people in the background or Mr. something. Mr. Hart. <laughs> everybody on Mr. board Hart.
4: there?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm on board.
1: Yes. I'm still here. Uh, Actually, one of the gentlemen that they spoke of is joining us in the queue, and if you don't mind, I'd like to bring him in. Sure. Um, uh, Bobby
2: Ocean, can you hear me, sir? Hello?
3: Hello? Bobby, are you there?
1: Yes, I'm here. All right, you're live on Heartbeat Radio with Bruce Hart.
3: Hey, Bruce, how you doing?
2: Not bad. Um, what's up?
3: Not too much. Just getting ready for uh New Age Old Time Wrestling next uh next week in Northampton Mass.
2: Yeah, tell me about that. Uh you're you're back down in in uh in New York. Where where's that show? you, you tell uh you say you got a match down there?
3: Yeah, it's gonna be uh in Northampton, Massachusetts. It's for uh, New Age Old Time Wrestling. Uh, They're returning. I'm not sure if it's just for a one time only, or if they're going to be back there periodically. But uh, I'm going to be in the um, well, I guess we just call it the co-main event for the night. It's going to be myself and AJ Cruz going going against uh, Monarchy, royalty William King and Zachary Pierre Boullier, who is the uh, former New Age Old Time Wrestling Heavyweight Champion.
2: yeah i've heard nothing but good things about bobby ocean uh, you know i i i've I think had Bobby on heartbeat radio in the past but uh one of the uh shining stars of the independent circuit from what i'm told you know and uh some of the guys who have seen him tell me he's uh throwback to people like owen and uh, chris Benoit, so i'm uh i'm happy to see Bobby uh, valenti that you're going to be in a match with a guy like that. I hope uh, you're uh you know able to take advantage of an opportunity like that and go out and uh you know have a good match and uh make good impressions on on the fans out there and I'll be uh, looking forward to hearing uh uh an assessment of how you did from Tom and Richard you know, if they uh, if they're at that show.
3: Oh yeah. You know, well first I appreciate the, the the compliment that people are paying as far as uh Owen and Chris Benoit concerned. Um, you know, as far as Bobby Volante, I'm I'm very um excited for anybody that, that um is making their debut. Uh especially when it's against me or or um, you know, I, I I I've talked to Volante here and there, um before, and he's told me about the training up at uh, Hart Brothers University and how tough and, and rigorous the training is, and he just loves it. He loves uh, the wrestling I, business, and uh, you know, I expect nothing but great things from him.
2: Yeah, I, I think he'll do fine. You know, I hope he, uh, as my dad would say, hope he behaves himself and uh, you know, uh, just goes out and sticks to wrestling and uh, He's a good kid, uh, Bobby Valenti, but he's got a bit of an ego, so I hope you guys uh, keep it in check. You know, we don't need him uh, telling anyone he's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be before he's had his first match or anything like that, you know. so.
3: Oh, yeah, you know, I'll definitely keep him in check. You know how a lot of these uh, guys coming up think that they are the uh, the best there is and the best there was and the best there ever will be. So uh, I definitely will keep him in check. And uh, if if, uh, if it comes down to him and I, uh, then, then definitely he will uh, understand exactly what uh, you know what being in the ring with Bobby Olsen is all about.
2: Yeah, and I I pro- promise you, Bobby Valente, you won't be seeing any uh, Massachusetts screw jobs by those promoters. They'll be uh, taking care of you, not uh, perpetrating anything untoward. I'm sure.
3: Well, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad. I'm glad that that stuff doesn't uh, doesn't take place in Massachusetts or uh, any other uh, independent promotion, for that matter.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll save that for Montreal and maybe uh, <laughs> some of the other uh, venues that uh, the Big Mac attack and his uh, son-in-law and delightful daughter and all that are part of. You know, so. Bobby uh, Anything else from you, uh, Bobby Valenti? What? Uh, do you have any other matches planned down there? What? What? What's the uh, game plan down there?
3: Oh, uh, this is Bobby Ocean. Not Bobby Valente, This is Bobby Ocean.
2: Oh. So hey, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Valent- I thought Bobby Valenti was on here too. He's not on yet. No, no,
3: he's
2: not. Bobby Oh, cool. My apologies. No, no, it's all
3: good, man. It's all good.
2: I was told Bobby Valenti would be uh, uh, on the show tonight too. Maybe he's uh, he's not in the queue
1: yet, Mister Hart. Oh,
2: uh, he's, he's maybe. Hopefully, he's not too good for us. So. <laughs> He'll be uh, coming on later than I'm told. So, but but yeah. How? Uh, what else is happening with uh, you, Bobby? Bobby Ocean. I. Uh, you, you know, uh, any, I, any, I
3: I uh, I feel. Uh, I'll say this, and 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 you know, I feel fortunate and blessed for the opportunities that I've had have had. Um, I just got done with a uh, Ring of Honor New Japan Pro Wrestling tryout camp. Um, which uh, anytime I go to the Ring of Honor camp. Um, I have a lot of fun um oh, that's me, good uh, excited
2: who are the uh hot up and coming prospects down there now? i've been detached or i have i've been sort of out of the loop for a while so who who's who's looking uh to be the uh up and coming potential stars down in that uh, promotion these days?
3: Well, you know, I mean, they got their, their, their main guys, which is Adam Cole, uh, Michael Elgin, the Briscoes, uh, uh, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, guys like that. Um, I actually went to a trial camp where uh, basically we're, you know, we able to be seen by the Ring of Honor guys, and also it was an opportunity the first time to be seen by uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, which is a place that, I, that is on my bucket list to go to. Um and how how did that but,
2: go?
3: uh I'm sorry, what did you say,
2: sir? How did the Japan gig go for you?
3: Um, it, from what I was told, uh, it went very well. Um, you know, when I talked to the head trainer, uh, he liked everything I did. Um, you know, he gave me a little bit of criticism here and there, which uh, you know, of course, you know, young guys nowadays they don't know how to. Really yeah. respond to that, that but uh, I appreciated uh, the lyricist's criticism and uh, took it, ran with it, and uh, am back on the drawing board, so to speak, and, and, and trying to fix uh, uh, certain things within Bobby Ocean.
2: Could uh, they have working heel or face over there, uh, Bobby?
3: Um, it was both. Um, we did basically we did drills, and then we did uh, we did one match. And uh you know the one thing uh, the said that everything is, is means something, everything is critical: your character, the way you move, the moves you do, uh how you go about the moves. So you were being critiqued on every little thing, and uh you know, it was just an honor to meet um her, uh Itario Tiger, uh,
2: uh
3: Nakamura, uh Gato, jado, uh Jishin Thunder Thunderliker. Oh yeah, that's
2: my uh, Liger was one of the guys I started over here back in, back in the uh, Pillman Owen and uh, Benoit days. You know, so nice kid.
3: Yeah, Liger. Well, yeah, Liger was was very. I, I appreciate his uh, his criticism on certain things. Um, uh, Koshida was there, um, and uh, as far as the Ring of Honor guys, they had uh, Adam Cole uh Tommaso Ciampa and Mike Bennett there. I mean not Mike Bennett, um Cole, Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Michael Elkin. Uh they were there as well. And uh just to be able to stand in the ring and, and in front of those guys uh which even though even if I've wrestled those guys before, um, you know, they are where I want to be. Uh whether it be Ring of Honor, New Japan, you know, it, it's definitely an honor to be in front of, to be able to showcase my talents in front of the New Japan guys.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's, a very
3: rare, it's a very rare occasion that that anybody gets to uh, showcase their talents in front of New Japan uh, wrestlers, workers, for that matter. Oh. So I, I was very humble and very appreciative of the, of the opportunity and the chance to uh, to uh, be a part of that camp.
2: I'm happy to hear that. Oh, one second. When do you go back there, Bobby?
3: Um right now i'm uh I know they just had a camp uh for uh, actually it was this weekend. um I'm looking forward to hopefully going to their next camp whenever that is. um like I said, I'm going back to the drawing board and and uh figuring out different things uh different move sets. Um, so like I said just going back to the drawing board and, and making uh Bobby Ocean Bobby Austin evolve more than what he is right now. Um, which uh which is a great thing because it keeps me on my toes, it lets me, um, be more creative, uh, with the with the character as far as uh who I am. And uh, especially in ring wise too. I watch a lot of uh uh, you know, British wrestling and Japan style wrestling. Uh, some things from Mexico, and, and even American wrestling, for that matter. But there's so much great things out there that a lot of wrestlers don't think about. Like, I just watched uh, uh, Progress Wrestling, which is a British wrestling company, um, and uh, I saw a couple of things where I was like, wow, that's that's different, that's unique, that's, that's something that nobody's doing. Um so, uh, like I said, involving in that way of studying tapes, studying uh, different wrestlers for that matter. Uh, old yeah,
4: um,
2: that's good. I'm ha- I'm I'm happy to hear that. I think one of the keys is keeping it within the parameter of wrestling. You know, that's one of the things I always used to tell
4: Dynamite
2: and Pillman and guys like that was because uh, there's a tendency when guys are trying to come into the business, everyone wants to do maybe more high spots than they need to, and they're wanting to do all the uh dynamic, bombastic, you know, the big power bombs and the, uh you know, the acrobatic stuff and all like that. But uh I always used to tell them you need to use the wrestling to set up the high spots and the other stuff. If you can establish first and foremost that you're a wrestler, you know, and you can do all that at that point then the high spots or the uh, power bombs or the swerve finishes and all the other stuff you know comes into uh, play then but biggest mistake i i see on too many of the uh young guys coming up these days is uh that's all they want to do and it's it's a big byproduct of the uh, fact that the uh the, WWE and uh, maybe TNA are uh, doing way too much of that. You know, there's uh, not any wrestling to hold all the other stuff together. So, But uh, the guys who are the biggest, to me, the biggest stars in the WWE, uh, Daniel Bryan and uh, CM Punk and Randy Orton, guys like that, if you actually watch them, they they don't do that many high spots. But when they do something, they... Do it when it means it uh, means the most. So they they use the wrestling and the cell sets up the comeback and there's all those basic little you know kind of uh, things that uh, are kind of the framework of uh, ring psychology. And if you, if you have a little bit of uh, grasp of that, then it really uh, helps you know, kind of refine your work, you know. One of the biggest things, my dad and the old guys used to always tell us, they had this saying about more is not better. So uh, if you do a high spot or you do something, don't do too many. Otherwise, after a while, people don't even uh, appreciate them. You may as well become a circus performer uh, or something like yeah. that, you know. But, uh, yeah, but that that was sure one of the that. secrets of people like Dynamite Kidnell, and he was one of the most spectacular guys I've ever seen, but if and when he did a high spot or a spectacular move, he wouldn't waste it. It was always done, you know, at a critical part of the match, and it he'd get the, the maximum reaction from it. And uh, and Brett sort of was a, a proponent of that, and Owen and Benoit and guys like that. So. I think it's something some of the new guys need to uh kind of uh take into account when they're uh, learning how to work you know uh if you're doing spectacular spots, don't waste them uh get some maximum reaction and a big part of it is just sort of constantly uh endeavoring to uh embrace yourself of what ring psychology is all about, you know so. Anyway, I won't yeah. dissertate on too much of that anymore. I've gone on enough on that. But
3: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys that I see nowadays, and um, they'll ask me to watch their matches, and I'll, I'll watch them and give them my, my feedback or my criticism.
4: And, of course, everybody's
3: criticism is going to be different from mine. Um, I'm more of the, uh, hey, guys, you don't need to do all this crazy stuff. You know, uh, you need to preserve your body because if you're trying to do this for a long time, uh, doing the high-flying stuff, it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. And it's just my opinion, of course. Um, I think that a lot of guys substitute to uh, high risk and high spots for that crowd reaction when you can simply get a good crowd reaction off of the arm drag. If it's done right, of course. At no point. Uh,
2: at no mm-hmm. point should the tail wag the dog you know you got a bunch of idiots going holy shit, or you fucked up or something like that you know uh at no point should those people be uh dictating what you're doing, you know if they are then uh you need to uh revise your whole approach you know so but I see that on too many of those uh indie shows, whether it's down there or up here or whatever there's this uh you know mindset of the crowd where they want to see some poor bastard wrestler nearly break his neck doing some crazy, uh, ill-conceived high spot, you know, and if he gets up and walks away, they, they cheer, and if he breaks his neck, they kind of get a, a vicarious thrill like somebody watching Evel Knievel, you know, crash and, you know, burn on the, uh, Side of the Grand Canyon or some nonsense like that, you know. So at no point should any of the young guys be allowing them to be, uh, you know, putting their lives in jeopardy to appreciate a bunch of idiots who are going, holy shit, are you fucked up, you know, that nonsense. It's uh, a complete uh, departure from what uh, wrestling really should be or ever was, you know.
4: Yeah,
3: definitely. Definitely. I, I can. I could agree with you more on that one. Um, I just wish that, you know, a lot of the young guys um, would take the advice and run with it and understand that we're not trying to tell you things uh, just to hear ourselves talk. Um, you know, a lot of guys know what they're talking about. A lot of guys have been there, been where you're possibly trying to get to, um, and done the things that you've probably done And we have learned that that's not the way um, Especially when you have uh, And I'm not saying Hey, don't do your stuff But, you know, a lot of guys have to understand That, hey, there's about You know, ten matches If you're the match before intermission And you do all that stuff What's there left for anybody else? Why is the crowd in the pot for anybody else? And especially if you're a high flyer and you've done move after move after move, you have to think to yourself, they're going to ask. If I'm a fan and, and, and somebody and two guys are in there and they're high flying around, I'm going to say, hey, please me more. I want to see more stuff. I want to see more crazy moves. And by the time when you're done doing the crazy moves, it's like, okay, I'm bored. What are you going to do now? you have nothing
2: yeah I, I I agree as I said before the high spots don't mean anything if there's not some wrestling and some something like that to set it up uh, you know high spots if that's all it is you may as well go watch a damn circus or uh, some stunt fights or break dancers or whatever you know and uh, those those are a dime a dozen, but but yeah, I always tell any of the guys learn uh, seeking to, uh, especially if you have some ability to do high spots. If you're able to ever watch any old videos of Dynamite Kid and uh, Chris Benoit and Owen and those guys when they were in their heyday, uh, you know it comes into focus a lot more. You realize. Uh, they did mostly wrestling and if and when they did a high spot, it was you know uh kind of the culmination of some big build up you know it wasn't just uh high spots for the sake of high spots and that was always the uh the problem back in the day uh I'm sure Tom and Richard probably heard those stereotypical criticisms about the mexicans is that's all they did in high uh in uh in Mexico, they used to call them combinaciones or whatever, you know, but it was kind of like uh, no rhyme or reason. It was just uh, high spot, high spot, high spot, you know, and uh, and we had a lot of the Mexicans come up to Calgary, and uh, we almost had to deprogram them because everything was so damn scripted, and uh, there was no wrestling between the high spots. They'd stop to catch their breath and go into another high spot but uh you know some of them became pretty good workers after uh you kind of uh got them to tone it down a bit and uh you know uh have some wrestling in there to uh kind of uh set up the high spots you know and once you do that everything should be pretty sequential you want to be just like your you know a big part of your objective as a wrestler is you know, seeing yourself as a storyteller, so subliminally you yeah. want to build to a climax. You know, you're not just doing uh, car crashes and you know, shooting and showing tits and ass and all this other without some ostensible plot and storyline that builds to this resounding, uh, compelling uh, climax. You know, and once you understand that, there. Are, under you know kind of grasp the uh what your purpose should be then uh it should enhance your ability to become better at it you know too often the mindset these days with the high spot guys is the old uh flinging excrement against the wall routine you know they have no reason why it, uh they sure. no, don't know why they're doing what they're doing They just hope that somehow it will stick you know and if it does they uh think they've become workers and if it doesn't then it's everyone else's fault but theirs you know and um it's just kind of a misplacement of kind of perception you know
3: yeah definitely
2: definitely but um <laughs> anyway I, I apologize for hogging the uh Hugging the mic as they say, you know. I feel like uh, Dusty Rhodes or, you know, uh, the Miz or something like that. You know, emitting
4: verbal diarrhea
2: or whatever. But uh, uh, who else is on there? Um, might I ask? Hopefully, there some of the guys that are still with us. Yeah, I'm still uh, I'm still here, Bruce. Uh, I appreciate your patience and uh, and. Uh, indulging me
0: <laughs> well bruce bobby ocean is one of our top guys we always look forward to have a bobby with us
2: yeah what, what what's uh maybe give me a little lowdown on bobby you know what uh i'd love to hear your perspectives uh, uh well it, it sums up
0: though he has no ego to he's always helpful in the ring he's fantastic I cannot say anything bad about Bobby. He's, he's just one of those guys that uh, does his job, does it awesome, always there for others he will he will uh, I, I always tell him I wish he would go farther we have We have a thing at, at in the OCW, say Bobby gets a chance to go to to he's booked on our show and he gets a chance to go to New Japan. See you later Bobby, go to New Japan because my theory is when he makes it, he's going to remember the guy that didn't give him a hard time.
2: Yeah, as I said before, I've you know, I've heard uh, it means a lot to me because I just hear objective scuttlebutt from different people, you know. And um, in a lot of cases, they don't even know that I've ever heard of Bobby Ocean, and they'll say, oh, there's a guy down down in the uh, East Coast who's really uh, making some strides, or he's a throwback to the the Dynamites and the Benoits and the... Uh, guys like that, a guy named Bobby Ocean or Will Johnson, you know, and, uh, uh, so, you know, that made a good impression on me, because hardly, hardly ever these days, uh, you hear anyone really singling any anyone out and saying good things about them, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, very few guys that are really, uh, grabbing people's imagination or attention, but, uh, I, I certainly heard that about Bobby, and, uh, you know, it it was like the old days uh, when I first went to England, I had a few guys uh, telling me about this skinny little kid who uh, weighed about 145 pounds, same Dynamite Kid, and, uh, you know, and uh, you guys all know how he turned out, you know, so... It used to be like that in the old days. You know, that was one of the intriguing or the fun things about the territories back in the day. There was always uh, a few guys that you would hear uh, rave reviews about, you know, and uh, invariably uh, most of them became, uh, you know, lived up to those reviews. I remember way back when hearing about Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, and, you know, they turned out pretty well, or you'd hear guys... Talking about Arn Anderson or the uh, you know Ted DiBiase when he was just getting his feet wet, or some of the Japanese guys that uh, you guys would have heard of, like Tiger Mask and uh, Yamada uh, Liger, you know, guys like that. And uh, so that used to be kind of one of the neat things back in the day. You know, always you'd always be sharing perspectives with different guys from other promotions and invariably you'd hear somebody's name mentioned that this guy's really uh, hot or he's got a new gimmick or, or something, you know. And That used to be one of the things that I uh, enjoyed most about the business and, you know, uh, so, but, yeah, as I said before, I'd heard uh, good things about Bobby Ocean, so, you know, uh, in most cases, uh, you hear negative things, or, you know, he sucks, or he's, and all that other, but, uh, so, yeah, that that's a, that's a good uh indicator though, you know, when when your peers are talking well about you, it usually means that uh you're doing a hell of a job. So I'm um glad to hear that uh Bobby. Uh
3: well, yeah, you know, I I, I oh. thank Richard Blake for the the comments, you know, and I always have fun when I'm uh, at New Age Old Time and just the crowd and the fans, the guys in the back, everybody works hard. Even from the production crew, everybody works hard to put on the best product possible. Uh, the fans uh, have a good time; they go home happy. Yeah, um, and,
2: paramount. It, uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're savvy <laughs> enough <laughs> or perceptive enough to realize that you know uh, that's the I, I ultimate I, barometer. Bruce, I, def- I would
5: just like to, Bruce, I would just like to add something in regards to Bobby Ocean. Uh, Bobby's right. Uh, the crew works hard, and the and the fans enjoy the show, and they always come back. And that's that's one of the main points, I think. And Bobby is so good to hear your voice.
2: That's the ultimate barometer of whether you're doing it right. <laughs> Get the fans back. You know, if They're not coming back. It means you're somehow they're not missing. Or you're not hitting the target. You know. So that's good. I'm well, glad to hear that. Well, Bruce, we have a you
0: know, we have talent like Bobby, but we, we also have I don't think there's anybody in the locker room that isn't talented. We get, we start him from day one like we we'll do with Bobby Valente and we just keep him going. We have an Indian guy kid named his ring names Tomahawk. We have Oh yeah. A Norwegian named Wolfguard. Um one of our our our, our just our our champion that just lost the title. He, he's a, a Frenchman, French-Canadian. He thrives French. the craze. The crowd hate him. We have, <laughs> an, we have an English board. We try to, We have everything. And
4: the Wait, show is a
0: success, not, be, not because of me, not because of Tom. We have this one young guy. His name is Justin Tunis. And he, he puts the matches together. He does the storylines. And we never try to make anybody look dumb, stupid, or anything we keep the high flyers down we keep it a rustling job.
2: yeah I'm, I'm glad you guys are smart enough to realize that if you're making people look stupid or like idiots or ultimately just reflect negatively on you guys anyway you know, so you're not doing yourselves any favor if you are kind of uh, making a sport of some poor idiot or whatever you know you you always got to consider how, ultimately, the promotion looks, you know. And uh, but, I wish more of the uh, smaller promotions were. Uh, it should be uh, listening to you guys, you know. Uh, all too often, I know. The, I know the ones up here. They're uh, all, almost all of them. They're uh, kind of like a second-rate, cheap shoddy impersonation of the wwe or whatever they got all these guys trying to copy you know these in a lot of cases guys who are not worthy of (laughs) copying you know and then uh it comes across as you know nothing original or compelling or doesn't integrate the crowd into it or anything and uh It sounds like you guys are sort of uh, staying the course, and I think that's the best way to succeed if you're uh, an indie promotion these days is not being a cheap copy of the WWE's garbage anyway, but uh, endeavoring to uh, be your own thing, you know, and uh, have your own stars and have your own brand, you know, and all that that, that's all Stampede ever was, you know. And uh, I remember a lot of guys ridiculing us back in the eight uh, and the heyday of Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania and Ultimate Warrior and all like that. And it seemed like everyone was trying to get on that bandwagon and copy Hulk and Warrior and Legion of Doom and all the Juice Freaks and all that other. And um, we, I was almost sort of like. Uh, and determined to uh do our own thing and you know, sustain our own style style of wrestling. And it sounds like the place is going to the dogs here but,
4: <laughs> but
2: uh, sort of like the WWE but uh Well Bruce, I've
0: never wrestled in the ring so I run the show and like of, of fans watching.
2: And that's probably so we, your advantage, you know, I think uh you know I think not to be uh criticizing or casting aspersions upon the gods, but uh I always thought Benny did uh was a lot more credible and uh you know uh marketable before he you know chose to sort of become you know, part of the uh getting getting in the ring and overstating his presence in uh T V and all like that. I always uh preferred Vince Senior and Vinny Junior when he was sort of uh you know, staying out of the uh the the ring, you know. But but yeah, I always liked that better. I know my dad when he was promoting up here he uh he essentially uh, very rarely ever got in the ring. He was sort of uh, detached, and I think it added to the credibility. You know, if, if you had uh, Roger Goodell or uh, Gary Bettman uh, strapping on the skates or the pads, you know, I don't think it would be enhancing business or anything like that. You know. I, I tend
0: to want the show to look like the, the the fans are not stupid, neither are the people that are that are they idols or, or the, the wrestlers that they come back to see every week they're not made to look um, to look bad they're made to be to look at their heroes um
2: yeah i I totally agree i think there should be a certain amount of uh You know, adulation or hero worship or everything, that was a big part of it, you know, and, uh... I don't need to get too sanctimonious or self-righteous, but I think the wrestlers should be, to a certain degree, uh... You know, worthy of, you know, their adulation or they should be, you know, some kind of positive role models, especially the faces, you know, but... They don't need to be Mm -hmm. too over-the-top, but, uh at least worthy of kids respecting or looking up to them, you know. It seems to be a bit all too often overlooked these days, you know, but uh, that's a big part of it. I, I think kids, kids are still a huge part of your fan base, so you should never uh, forget, you know, it uh, should be uh, worthy of family consumption. you know, shouldn't be too... Uh, Deviating too far from that, you know, if you are, then well, uh, becomes problematic. But
0: we have uh, very—I can't say we have 100% no swearing. Once in a while, a will slap out, but pretty much we're we have um, we're family friendly. If you have a birthday party and you're under 15, you get it, and we know about it. We give you a company T-shirt. We sing "Happy Birthday." We have a guy that that's a real good friend of Bobby's. It's uh, he's called the Mac. He's our commissioner, so he runs the the uh, entertainment during the during the intermission. It's a pretty lively show. I think we might have on an average maybe four people by the end of the, end of the show that have left. So if we start with a big crowd, we end with a big crowd. We end with a noisy crowd. There's never a a, a dull moment with us and that's not the brag that's the, that's the fans and the workers
2: not me uh, that's good i i you know uh, and certainly you uh not um being able to call yourself old school because in the old days uh, it used to be like that at most of the shows i you know I, not just up here in Calgary, but I was able to travel a fair bit back in the day and uh, go to Lake Amarillo or uh, Kansas City or Florida or uh, you know Nashville even. Or uh, and for the most part, you know, very rarely. I don't. I don't think you'd ever see back in the seventies uh, f bombs being. Uh, you know, it was never even thought of. You know. If, I know if anyone ever did it up here back in the day, my dad probably would have fired him or or stretched him. But
4: uh,
2: it never even seemed to be part of the equation back then. I don't recall. And and yet, you know, it was was pretty intense. And, you know, there was certainly no shortage of, uh, you know, heat. You know, I remember some of the heels were pretty, uh, you know, scary and all like that type of thing. But uh, there were certain... I don't know certain things that never even entered into the equation. I don't think was ever even, you know, uh, considered. You know, I remember we had some pretty scary heels like Abdullah and King Curtis and uh, and some of them. But uh, those guys you never ever hear them uh, dropping an F bomb on the crowd or anything like that. You know, it's and, it was, uh, and I, I've been at some of the uh, indie shows or, you know. Uh, I had guys send me videos and stuff, and it's kind of disconcerting. You hear like you know all kinds of f bombs, almost to the point where it's almost like they don't even realize they're doing it. You know, it's just like faces and heels, and I'm gonna kick your effing ass, and blah blah blah, and, yeah, it kind of to me cheapens and doesn't. Uh, you know, if I was a parent and I had Little kids and stuff is having a, a proliferation of that. I'd be uh, probably not coming back the next time, you know. And I think exactly. guys sometimes uh, need need to remember that or keep in mind that you know the it's it's for for me at any at least it, for all intents and purposes it should be family suitable, you know. It's, you know, and I think the business is in trouble if it ever gets to the point where it's you know, parental guidance or 18 only, uh, over 18, or if that's what you're catering to, I don't think you're going to survive in this business. You know, it's still, for me, uh, you know, the kids are a huge part of it and the family is a huge part of it. And if 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 that ceases and it becomes like stripper bars or something like that, then you know, I don't think the business is going to survive, you know, it's uh, certainly I wouldn't be uh, wanting to go if, uh, you know, that was that kind of appealing to that kind of uh, the clientele.
1: And that's yes. something that I actually I can completely agree with you with, Mr. Hart, in the fact that when I was growing up as a fan, because I came up, watching as a fan, watching your brothers on television and stuff, and having the product that the WWF at the time had back then where it was catered more towards a younger, more family-friendly audience, where you would have, you'd still have the guys that were the fantastic storytellers, but they were able to get their point across without being excessively vulgar about it.
2: Yeah, that sounds funny. You know, I, I totally agree. It sounds really weird, but I I, I remember back in the 80s, uh, we, had, we had a pretty... Uh, hardcore style like you know the guys that had come out of Stampede like Dynamite and Davey and Breton and Pillman and Benoit and uh and some of those guys were uh pretty h- hardcore but they weren't dropping F-bombs or any of that stuff and I remember at that time we had a bunch of these WWE wannabes that were training up here that had been sent up here like George Skoland, Arnold Skullin's kid and. uh some guy named Dave Barbie and Ted Arcidi and a bunch of these guys and uh, Mark Scarpa, Chief Jay's kid, and all like that. And, and they were all saying, "You guys are way too uh, hardcore." You know, Vince would never allow any of this stuff. You know, you guys are. You know. and it, it seems funny, you know, given you know what's transpired in WWE with all the. Uh, R-rated superstars and the tits and ass and the uh, the other uh, deviations from kind of you know the old school you know but uh, but yeah I remember they were almost kind of ridiculing Stampede which is Stampede was never uh, big on swearing or you know you know gratuitous violence but uh, it was a pretty hardcore style with guys like Dynamite and Pillman and uh, the and we we had our share of kind of uh, pretty intense, you know, occasionally bloodbaths and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it was uh, far more wholesome than, you know, some of the stuff that uh, en- ended up uh, evolving in WWE, you know, and, and still um, is evolving. Mr. Hart. Yeah.
1: I, ap- I apologize, but actually speaking of, Stampede in the era that you're having up there. One of your students is actually joining us on the line right now. Oh. cool. Oh. Uh, can you hear me?
6: Hello. Hello, Bruce. Hello, everybody. How is everybody doing tonight? This is Bobby Volante calling in right
2: now. Oh, hey, Bobby, uh, I how was you? I you maybe coming on, Bobby. I've been talking to uh, Bobby Ocean here and, uh, and Tom Burke and uh, Richard Blake and uh, – so yeah, I've been uh, told that you're going to be uh uh wrestling on some of the cards down there. So I hope you uh distinguish yourself and uh and uh, live up to the pedigree of the Heart Dungeon or whatever, you know. Behave yourself and uh <laughs> I'm hoping they uh give me good reviews afterwards, you know, and uh so yeah. But good to have you on board here, Bobby. Uh What's going on? Oh, thanks, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate uh, your well
6: wishes, and uh, I'll do my best to live up to the heart uh, name and the legacy of the dungeon, and I just want to thank you for having me on again. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be on uh, the August 2nd show and want to actually publicly thank the promoter, Dick Blake, for having me on the card.
0: Uh, it's our pleasure, Bobby. It's our pleasure. Oh. Oh
5: well, Bobby, you. history has to be started someplace with your career, and it may have been as well with New Age Old Time Wrestling. Oh, uh,
6: well said, Tom Burke, and thank you as well. And while I'm ha- handing out my thank yous, I also want to say you're welcome to Dick in advance for being the most dynamic wrestler
2: on the card that night. Who said, Bobby Ocean? No. Me. Speaking of, the there, Speaking of the August second
1: show, there. Speaking of the August second show, Mr. Volante, you're actually scheduled for a match right now with Doug Summers. Would you care to comment on this match that you have forthcoming?
6: Uh, yes, I'll be having my first match against Dynamite Doug Summers, and I know that you're probably thinking the same thing I was thinking, Bruce. That any opponent with the name of Dynamite must be a real badass. I mean, I mean. Neither one of us saying you that. I mean, there's only one real dynamite, and that's HBU's own, The Dynamite Kid. And as I'm sure Bruce will tell you, that anyone that dares to use the name dynamite is a big, big trouble. But don't fret. You know, I mean, I'm a good guy. I'm the baby face. You know, and out of respect for Dick Blake, I'm not going to slam Summers' ass through the ring. I'm going to take it easy on him. And in fact, before you ask another question, Harry... I just want everyone out there to know that even though I like Mr. Blake, nobody, and I mean nobody, loves Dick more than dynamite Doug Summers. So I'm not going to uh, I'm just going to bust
2: him up That <laughs> It sounds like something out of the uh, bit, uh, Sean and Hunter, uh, you know, the, the Dick Diatribe and Dick Eversall and Dick. Butkus, whatever, you know, but I'm not sure. I won't get into all the uh, Dick theory or whatever here. But, uh, but um, no, I, I hope, Bobby, uh, Valente, you give a good account of yourself down there. You know, uh, it's a great opportunity for you to be, uh, you know, working on a show with people like uh, Dick Blake and Tom Burke and uh, Bobby Ocean. You know, I, that's a great start. And I hope you're no. appreciative of the opportunity and I hope you uh you know keep your ego in check and go out and and uh distinguish yourself, you know. I hope when they when I hear the reviews they're gonna be positive, nothing negative or, you know, that guy's uh you know, uh egos out of whack or anything like that, you know. So I uh I hope it goes well, but uh you know keep your, uh, check your ego at the door, go out and uh, do your thing in the ring and, uh, you know, make good impressions, give off good energy and, uh, and try not to be a second coming of the best there is, the best there was and the best there ever will be or whatever, you know, so.
4: Well,
6: yeah, but all joking aside, Doug Summers is a longtime veteran of the New England Independent Circuit who should never be taken lightly. And that's why I've been busting my ass for the last six months, working day in and day out under the tutelage of you, the legendary Bruce Hart at HVU. And that is why I'm one of the best prospects to ever come through Hart Brothers University, and I plan to follow in the footsteps of my predecessors, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, and Brian Tillman. So on August the 2nd, in Northampton, Massachusetts, everybody will be able to see what the hype is all about. When I make short work of dynamite Doug Summers, and after I run through summers, I plan on running through each and every member of the new age, old-time wrestling roster, especially you, Bobby Ocean.
2: Bobby there? I
3: think we might of have lost
1: I actually don't
2: think Bobby is with us anymore. Oh, I'm sure he's not uh, <laughs> running and hiding there, Bobby Valenti. I'm sure he maybe uh, left the li- got off the line a while back. But no, I. Uh, I hope, as I said before, I hope the match goes well. Uh, talk is cheap. Do your talking in the ring. And go out and. uh Kick some ass and make good impressions, but uh, you know, proof is in the pudding, as they say. So, hopefully, uh, we'll get good reviews. I'm sure Richard and uh, Tom will be uh, giving us, giving me their objective perspective on how you did, and I hope you uh, distinguish yourself well.
6: And said Bruce, and you know what, I don't blame the guy for not wanting to get into a verbal jab with me, and you know, maybe one day I, we will cross paths in the ring, and I'll show, on August the 2nd, I'm going to be showing everybody what Dungeon Style Wrestling is all about, and I'll show, after my match with Doug Summers, I'm going to show everyone there that no one has a chance of beating me, and that's all I have to say for now, and thank you for your time, and I'll see you August
2: 2nd in Northampton, Massachusetts. Give her hell, man, go for it good problem, yeah, as they say, talk is cheap, uh, do your talking in the ring, hopefully uh it'll be loud and clear, and that,
0: that summer is one of the best in New England So
2: that's good it'd be uh this, the Summer Slammer or whatever I guess, uh, <laughs> or whatever Valenti was claiming he's going to do to him. So, but yeah, but that's good. We
0: also, I mean, we also, we also, Bruce, have an unusual lady too, wrestler. Her name is Toxas. Um, she is far from what they would want at the WWE. We did we. Uh, uh, We've, she's been wrestling with us for about a year. I think her first match was with us. And every every show, she just keeps improving.
4: Oh, that's
2: good. I, I really have a lot of empathy for the poor girls coming into the business these days because uh, it's become so damn perverted and deviated from uh, what it used to be so much that uh, wrestling ability is almost taking a back seat to, uh, the sexual elements and the, uh, all the other stuff that you guys know about, you know, uh, so I've been sort of pleased in the last little while in WWE to see, like, Paige seems to be kind of a refreshing, uh, alternative to some of the, uh, glorified strippers and some of that stuff, you know, and, uh, I'm glad to see that there's a few more girls that are coming in that are just, you know, for all intents and purposes, wrestlers, you know, if they're decent looking or whatever, that's a bonus. But, uh, you know, in the old days, you guys would remember the Moolahs and the Wendy Richters and, uh, you know, that bunch. You know, some of them weren't bad looking, you know, but it wasn't really the main criteria it was uh you know, whether they could work and they you know, they were primarily uh you know, uh, you know, wrestlers first and foremost. So anybody that fits that description I'm happy to see, you know, I, I think the business needs a lot more of that, you know.
0: Well
1: oh,
2: I, I real
0: I agree. Quick here
1: Real quick here, I think one of the reasons that Paige stands out among the current crop of females inside of the WWE is that she was brought up in the business. Her mother is former Shimmer wrestling heavyweight champion, Saraya Knight, who's very well known across the pond in England as well.
2: Yeah, I, I'd like to, you know, uh, I've, I've broken in a few girls you, Italian, a few of them, you know, so um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm glad to see, like, I I think even AJ's not that bad, you know, she's, you know, at least knows a few holds, you know, but I'm glad to see they're getting away from just the, uh, you know, I don't even like the term, frankly, divas, you know, I prefer they just call them lady wrestlers or whatever the hell, you know, but, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that kind of goes back to wrestling a bit more than just, uh, to, you know, so-called divas. I can only imagine what the hell male wrestling would be if all you were doing was having a bunch of these Chippendale-type guys, you know. Uh, you know, to me it would be uh, an aberration, you know. And uh, I think they need a few big, ugly uh, monster women and all that kind of stuff, too, you know. It adds a bit of flavor to it, you know. You don't need all these, you know, hot bodies and, you know, centerfold types you know it's actually good to have a few big ugly hairy armpit Amazons you know beating the crap out of them and all like that you know it has a little bit of kind of contrast to these you know AJ's and uh, Kelly Kelly types you know so but um, what do you guys think um,
5: Dad, I think uh, <clears throat> I think what it is is a, a beauty versus beast thing you know they want the they want the good looking girls and everything. There's there's no doubt about it that their um, their looks are um, more of on a model level than those girls of yesteryear. However, it, uh, talent-wise within the, within the the ring, it, with the exception of a few of them, is it, is just horrible. I mean, you know. I mean, you take a girl, you take an old, some of the old girl wrestlers, let's see, Mae Young. May Young could wipe all of them up with, a, you know, in her prime and after her prime, for that matter, you know. And, you know, same thing with Moolah and the rest of them. Uh, I, I've always been an advocate of girl wrestling, and we've had some very good-looking girl wrestlers in the past, uh, Penny Banner, Karen Kellogg, I mentioned a few, Rita Boucher, but, you oh, yeah, know, uh,
2: Vivian Vashon and uh,
5: yeah, Viv- Vivian Lorraine Vachon, Johnson, you know, some of them. Absolutely. You know, but uh, but I think girls like, uh, you know, uh, Rhonda Singh, who came who came out of your area.
4: Oh, yeah, I started Rhonda up here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think to me, uh, you know, it's actually insulting, you know, to uh, women. You know, I'm surprised they haven't been kind of uh, chastised more for that because the last 20 years uh, lady wrestling or divas wrestling whatever you want to call it has essentially just become kind of a second-rate uh, and demeaning form of sexploitation you know it's you know it's almost discriminatory because if you're not a hot body and you don't get a boob job and you don't lose weight and all this other you probably won't even get hired you know and uh exactly you're right and you know i i think it as i said before it had a little bit of kind of dimension to it if you had a bit if you run to sings and Paul nakano's and dump matsumoto's and some of those you know Condé Cates, you know, I nice to see him all the other places i wrestled and it was kind of uh for me it was you know added some interest you see some big you know uh overweight monster you know beating the crap out of some hot little uh diva you know and uh, yeah you, you know i think i think something like that you know it's been so far removed yeah. from that the last 10 years that it would actually be kind of you know a hot draw again if you had some uh i thought they were going to do that with awesome kong or whatever her name was a few years back and i heard she got karma. pregnant or something like that karma or whatever her name was you know oh, yeah. she, she would have actually fit in you know if you had her uh you know giving the bundy or whatever to aj or something you know it would have been uh a, a refreshing change from all the other silliness you know that i keep unfortunately being inflicted with every monday and friday and with if and when the divas uh, rear their ugly heads, you know. Yeah, one
1: of the yeah. things that you just pointed out there, Bruce, one of the things that you just pointed out there, Bruce, that I did want to touch on there is you're exactly right there, is they've gotten away from that that angle and that kind of progression in terms of the women's division. But as you mentioned there, Awesome Kong, when she started to come into the WWF, WWE as karma back in 2011, I think her official on screen debut was at Extreme Rules in 2011. She would have been the perfect foil for those athletic Barbie Dog types that the WWE kind of tend to keep in the division.
2: It would have been no different than, uh, you know, know, some of these uh, King Kong Bundy and Abdullahs working with, you know, people like Brett and Owen and Ben know, It's a a nice contrast, and you had the you know the, you know the the baby faces fighting, the, you know against the, uh, you know Godzilla, King Kong, you know, Freddie Krueger all that. Was. It's e- easy to you didn't need a manual or anything to figure out who the heel or the face was, which all too often is the case. Even now, I I was watching the Divas the other day, and I actually thought Paige and AJ are doing not a bad job, but Quite honestly, I neither one of them was uh, doing anything that made me like them, you know. They're both kind of obnoxious, you know, kind of arrogant, snobby little bitches, you know, hip-hopping. And, you know, I didn't find myself, you know, as a mark, you know, saying, oh, gee, I hope you know, she seems to be pretty likable. Uh, they're both kind of arrogant, annoying little skanks, you know. That's my my perception. You know, there's nothing, nothing, you know, likable about either one of them. You know, which you know, as the story, and the scriptwriters need to uh, kind of uh, maybe do a, start doing a better job with a lot of their stuff down there. But I don't want to digress into a, a dissertation of what's wrong with uh, you know the uh, Connecticut. Uh, you know, people. You know, and might, you know, start emerging in a bunch of f bombs and all that stuff. You know, so well,
0: our lady wrestler is an old school for sure. She is Yo. no, no raven model. She is loaded with tattoos. Um, she wears a mask, wears gloves, and the fans fall in love with her. She they we, we did an out Festival show a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago, and they were calling her a monster. A monster, yeah. The, the, the fans went nuts over her. Really good.
2: Jeez. Do you guys good. have a few uh, other girls for her to work with down there? Or?
5: Yeah, we have. There's it's a fine. few, and uh, uh, We have a. Uh, she's uh, doing intergender matches as well.
2: Yeah, that, that was oddly uh, enough one of the things that really enhanced. Uh, Natalia's uh, development up here, you know, we didn't have that many divas. There was a couple, so quite often she would work mixed tags and all that kind of stuff, you know, just to, uh, and her work improved tremendously because, uh, you know, it was mostly just about working. There was no, you know, very little emphasis placed on the uh, quasi-sex element of it, you know, it's just kind of working, you know, and, uh, that's why she, uh, became a pretty decent, uh, you know, just overall wrestler, Natalia, you know, and, uh, I'm glad you guys are sort of, you know, kind of doing the same out there, you know, it's not that easy to get girls over these days, you know, because of all the, the preconceptions, and a lot of them are, uh, you know, less inclined to do wrestling. They think, you know, it's more about being kind of a quasi stripper so or some That's kind the whole of a thing. So, but yeah, that, that, I'm glad you guys are kind of, uh, you know, hey, uh, emphasizing that rather than the other element of it.
5: Hey, Bruce, I got I got a question for you. You you just you've just brought something up that uh, has been on my mind about the uh, WWE writing staff down there in Stanford uh, to program the matches, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Do you know, if, uh, by chance, do you know if anyone that is on that staff has a wrestling background, or are, all
2: they, are they all Hollywood TV type people, or what? I think it's exactly like you said. I, And that's one of the problems, you know. Uh, you know, uh my dad used to describe it as like uh, a eunuch in a hoor house. <laughs> you know, he's all about it, but they've never done it, you know. So um, that, that's, that's a big part of the problem. They got, um, and one of the things that even complicates it or exacerbates it is uh, at the very least you should have just one writer or one group of writers who are all kind of uh you know coming up with the uh, overall game plan for the whole thing so at least you sort of do not constantly keep compromising you know and that that's what's happening these days they got uh i know a few years back when i did wrestlemania i was intrigued that uh there was like three or four groups that were doing uh, scripting for these matches independent of each other. So they, like, all too often you had this gap and overlap where you had guys, everyone was wanting to outdo each other, you know, so everyone was trying to do high spots and everyone was trying to pull chairs out from under the ring and hit each other and everyone was trying to almost kind of, you know, uh, out uh gimmick each other and all like that and it's not it's not good for the uh card you know Uh, you know if if you had a guy making a damn movie you know you want to have three or four writers you know not working uh you know in conjunction with each other because you're going to have kind of you know things that don't sink are not in sync and all like that and That's one of the big problems down there is, first off, they don't have a great deal of wrestling background in the first place. And uh, one of the worst things I see is when they're trying to uh, get something serious over, where I I see them doing something with, say, Daniel Bryan or uh, Cena or something, and then they seem to have this, you know, uh, predilection for wanting to uh, go out and do these, you know, borderline slapstick nonsense. I saw on Raw a couple of weeks back where they had some pretty serious thing with uh, I'm not sure if it was Cena or something and then they had Vicky Guerrero and Stephanie uh, rolling around in the mud right after. And you know, To me, uh, stuff like that kind of compromises. You know, you're. I know if I was booking, I sure as hell wouldn't be going to great lengths to get something serious with, say, Dynamite and Bad News, and then, uh, you know, having uh, two dwarfs come out and spank each other after that or something like that, you know. And I see that all the time on WWE. Where, you know, it, it, to me, indicates that one hand doesn't know what the other one's doing, you know, because uh, if you're trying to get the people, you know, really uh, their emotions going on a really serious pretext and then you're uh, following it with uh, Vicky Guerrero and uh, Hornswoggle uh, engaging in some kind of debauchery or something like that and all you're doing is kind of uh, you know compromising you know uh, you're going out of your way to get good reaction and then you're trying to make people laugh and it's far too much of that and I think you uh, That's one of the big problems, I think, with WWE, uh, and has been for years, is uh, Smitty Use the cliche, too many cooks in the kitchen, you know, and uh, Uh all too often one cook doesn't know what the other one's doing, you know, so, you know, you'd figure that they would have long since recognized that or realized that themselves, but it doesn't seem to be the case.
5: Very good. Thank you for the input. Bruce. appreciate you the your feedback on that. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to uh I got company coming tomorrow, so I got to tidy up here. Your your brother Ross is going to be visiting me for a few days. I'm looking forward to having him here and uh hanging out with him and doing a few odds and ends.
2: Oh, I hope you guys have fun are you guys going to take in a red sox game or uh uh or?
5: he did already uh we got we got other plans for him
2: well that's good you guys got you know i has been a long time since i've been down there but that's like one of those really uh incredible uh sporting environments down there with all the uh you know, so much legend and lore with the Bruins and the uh, Red Sox oh. and the Celtics and the Patriots yeah. and uh, all of yeah, that, you know. So.
5: Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow night we're going to take them to the, uh, there's a local Hockey Hall of Fame here, so we're going to take them down to that. So that'll, that'll be fun.
2: Oh, well, that's good. Is there? I've heard, you know, about your New England Wrestling Hall of Fame, too, so I, I gather you guys are both. You know.
5: Well, that, that New England Hall of Fame is only in a guy's apartment. It's not. It's not a, uh, a building per se. You know.
2: Oh, it isn't. It's just. Is it? I didn't even know that. Forgive my ignorance. I, I thought no, it was like sort of like right. the uh, it's a, it's
5: a, it's one up a in uh, Amsterdam, in New York Yeah. Amsterdam is a, is a legitimate wrestling hall. It's probably the only, really, in my opinion, the only wrestling Hall of Fame is the one in Amsterdam, New York.
2: I'm glad you kind of uh, filled me in i uh, until now I thought there was uh
4: something in new England eye. that
2: was kinda like quasi cooper's town or Canton or
4: springfield
2: That's uh, <laughs> that kind of thing uh, but yeah uh, yeah, I appreciate you looking after ross down there i know he uh he has uh, a world of respect for you guys he always uh and has for Many years, always uh, spoken uh, very reverent, reverentially about you guys uh, being decent guys and great hosts, so I, uh, I, I'm i always sort of envious. I'll have to uh, endeavor well, to get down there sometime. Yeah, hopefully
5: you can make it down here someday, uh, Bruce. You're always welcome to stay over here.
2: I appreciate that. You may find me on your doorstep tomorrow morning. <laughs> Okay,
5: very well. Okay, well, I'm, 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 go- I'm going to exit here because I've got some things i got to do. But uh, I want to thank everybody for having me on. I really enjoyed the show, and I'm looking forward to hooking uh, up with you at some point in time down, in, uh, down the road
2: there, Bruce. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that, and uh, you guys take care. I'm um, not sure who's staying on with me here, but I'm sure we'll uh, keep the uh, dialogue flowing here Very one way well. or the other so I guess we're not just okay, to me okay yeah I don't uh, know who else you is uh, <laughs> you and me babe as they say they whatever
5: <laughs> <laughs> okay good night guys and have a good one
2: okay, night. yeah all the best I had a Ross for me And are you still on there too Harry uh, no, Harry's Ross. still on there I don't hear him. Yeah, ground to ground, ground control to Major Tom, (laughs) (laughs) or (laughs) whatever. So uh, yeah, who who do we still have on the? uh, It's like a battle royal, and people are being eliminated. Yeah, just (laughs) me. You know, uh, we still have to go 20 minutes for the till we, uh, you know, go into the finish or whatever. But yeah, I'm not um, sure who's going over you or me here. So <laughs>
0: I'm sure you are.
2: Oh, I mean, may be going real over, over the, the top, not over period. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, was there any other uh, any uh, bits and pieces uh, you might want to kick around to, uh, in the wrestling scenario, whether it's on the indie or the uh WWE well, I, or whatever.
0: I never watched W W E. Um yeah, and if uh, I if I go to another indie show it's to it's to um look for new talent and most of the time I get up and walk out. Um, I find a lot of promotions are are disrespectful to the to people that started this you
2: know.
4: Yeah, that's, that's,
0: the, that's one of the things that's I've that.
2: constantly been, uh, I don't like to be constantly criticizing or, you know, casting aspersions, but uh, that'd be one of my first pieces of advice to any indie promoters their new promoters trying to get a promotion up and running would be to uh, refrain from being a, a second-rate copy or trying to emulate wwe or whatever you know and the second mistake big mistake they seem to invariably make is where they're you know bringing in at uh exorbitant cost uh a few washed up burnt out coked out uh unemployed for a reason former wwe uh so-called superstars that come up and want to sell polaroid pictures and uh You know, if they get in the ring, it's even more of a liability ultimately because they don't do anything except kind of (laughs) kill, kill the audience. You know, and uh, but that seems to be uh, one of the common uh, problems with the uh, smaller promotions these days. They, you know, try to copy the uh, WWE, and then they try to bring in a bunch of these old retreads that have you know, long since past their shelf life or whatever, you know. so
0: Well, it's, and, and it's also disrespectful to the, young, the the kids that are trying it.
2: Oh, it's the biggest insult where you uh, get some young guys who are going out and, you know, working hard, probably having to set the ring up and <laughs> do all the other, and then yeah. they go out and uh, they get sort of shunted to the sideline and they get, uh, you know, a few of these former wwe guys going out and you know stinking the joint out and getting paid you know uh the lion's share of the gate and uh yeah
0: and then there's nothing left for the the ones that really deserve it
2: Um, yeah that that's one of the uh biggest uh dilemmas or problems that the business seems to be constantly uh Inflicting on itself these days, you know, and I hope it's not as prevalent down there as it is down here. But you see it all the time down here. Are these, uh, you know, they bring in the bushwhacker or some tugboat or some guy, you know, Brutus Beefcake or something like that, who were marginal in in their heyday, you know, and now are more like kind of a, you know, uh, you know. shadow of whatever they once were and uh, still still wanting to get the big payday and can barely uh, make it into the ring you know and uh exactly it's an insult to the young guys who are going out and working hard and almost being kind of uh relegated to uh kind of undercard anonymity or whatever you know which is you know kind of a, a complete uh Disgrace, really, you know, but I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you said that because I totally agree. I, I share your perspectives entirely. So, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear you seem to be, uh, you know, uh, instilling some of those old school, uh, just kind of values and uh, mindsets and some of those like Bobby Ocean and some of them, you know, uh, I think that's, you know, a huge step in the right direction if you can uh, get those guys to buy into old-school uh, kind of ideology, you know, which is uh, just about, you know, the wrestling and, uh, and treating your opponents and also treating the fans with some respect and uh, and, and sort of a team team initiative, you know, where you're, uh, you know, seeing, you know, whatever you're doing, you're endeavoring to do it for the benefit of the promotion and the whole thing. not just for yourself, you know.
0: Exactly. I, I, but, yeah, we it's easier have,
2: said than done.
0: Well, we have two schools here, and uh, they teach totally differently, and we take the ones um basically from one school that they're trained to have respect in that and then and they do a good job for us. And that's where this lady wrestler came from. And uh we we tried to we try to emphasize that you don't have to do high spots. We do not want two matches to end the same. They cannot end the same. So they yeah. have to actually come up with a and they're, since I've never hit the ring, I don't have the ego, so they're allowed to um, come up with their finishes in that. And they know they have to be old school or they have to face me, even though
2: I do no, no Tiger or anything, but I tell them what I like. And, uh, yeah, we, we've I think that's Ridderson a huge part of it, you know. Uh, when you're doing uh, your so-called programming or matchmaking, uh, it's changed a fair bit, obviously, since you know the territories or whatever, you know. But it, back in my day, of course, you know, I was booking out here for twenty or more years. But um, it was a week to week thing, you know, and integrates the TV, and you always it's kind of like a, a soap opera. You always had to leave, had left them hanging and they had to tune in the next week and on uh, the only never ending story and that, that whole thing. But, uh, I surmise that it's a bit different down there now. You just sort of, uh, like, do you run, uh, the same town? Uh, how often do you run any one town or is it kind of um, like, a we're
0: we're going to Northampton purely be, we outgrew this place we're going back to for this summer. But the place that we're in had the, does not have air conditioning. So our fans have complained that there, there's been a three-month gap, so we're back into the deuce. They call it the deuce. Um, and normally, we've been every other, every two months, but now we're getting down to about every six weeks. Certainly because I'm finding that it actually is cheaper the more you run than the less you run. And we, we run a bad day, a bad show, 130 for attendance, 100 to 130. June is our naturally off month, and we think I think we had like 100, but a good one is 200, which is unusual for indies. They usually die out. We we offrode the deuce in 23 months, 20 months, so we had to look somewhere else. So we went to the, we went to another place. It's a, a um, American Legion, and it works out. I mean, it, it. It. To me, the key is you treat the customers with respect, and you treat your workers. Um, like I'll, if I, I, I do a lot of Facebook with the guys. So, if I see that their mother's sick, I'll ask them how at the at the show how their mother is. It makes a, a huge difference if a promoter actually cares about their guys instead of just throwing them in the ring and not caring about one thing about them because you get. You get a lot further.
2: That's good. That that to me is an indication that you uh, you know you know genuinely respect and care for them, which is a big part of it. You know, and um, but it sounds like uh, you know it, I usually find that type of thing is reciprocal. You know, if if you treat them with respect and uh, all like that, they usually reciprocate. You know, they endeavor, and it, it com- kind of comes out in the uh, in the performance in the ring. I, I know it was that was a big part of my dad's, uh, and I think Vince Seniors, and I'm sure you've probably heard a lot of those old promoters in the past, and in many cases, the, the wrestlers had a great deal of respect, and uh, it was kind of like they were like second fathers to them, so even like Vince Senior, I heard, was like that, you know, and uh, I'd hear some of these other old, uh, you know, Eddie Grahams and Sam Muchnicks and some of them, and everyone, uh, you know, was a big part of their success and their longevity was the, uh you know, engendered the respect of the wrestlers, you know, and they, you know, very rarely I've very rarely heard anyone say here uh, say that Sam Muchnick screwed them, or never ever heard anyone say that Vince Senior uh, was anything but a gentleman. You know that kind of thing. I'm sure you know. You know, if, if you were anything to the contrary, let me know. But uh, most the, no, I haven't. Uh, yeah, uh, most of those guys, I you know, I've. I used to run into them at the old n w a conventions in uh Vegas back in the day and uh you know there's a few characters but uh even like the Jim Barnetts and the uh you know the dory funk seniors or even old Vern Gagne or Jim crockett you know for the most part uh, everyone uh was quite uh respectful and you know, they treated those guys like, uh you know, second fathers, you know. And I, I, I've heard so many stories in years since about, you know, guys telling me what a wonderful gentleman uh, Dory Funk Sr. was or, you know, uh, Sam Mochnik or any of that, you know. so. But I think that's a big part of it, you know. And if you guys are sort of uh, instilling some of that... I, I'm sure it's going to be of great benefit to uh, your promotion. You know, as I said earlier in the program, I'm I'm hopeful that these aspiring wrestlers are, you know, appreciating what you and uh, your associates are doing for them. Because unfortunately, not that many around anymore. So you guys are really uh, affording them an opportunity to maybe live their dream, you know, and uh, it's harder than ever these days, you know, so to me it's no accident or no, uh, you know, mistake that, you know, guys like Daniel Bryan and Phil Brooks and a few of those guys evolved from these small promotions like yours, you know, there. I don't see too many. to be casting aspersions i don't see too many coming out of nexus and nxt and all this other stuff you know uh, yeah. it's still uh you know these ring of honors and these you know the small fledgling promotions like yours that are uh you know kind of the last bastion of old school in my estimation and uh i hope uh, you guys are you know uh appreciated for it, you know, because uh, quite honestly, it has to be a labor of love, you know, if you didn't uh, love love the business and have some passion for it and the fans and all like that, I doubt if you guys are doing it for the money. You know, anybody that's right. in it to uh, get rich is probably not going to, uh, you know, attain anything either, you know, including getting rich, you know, so... Um, Thank you,
1: Ms. Mr. Blake, may I ask you a quick question? Yes, sir. Uh, speaking from a promoter standpoint here, and this is something that we've talked about before on the other shows on the uh, Powerhouse Radio Network here, which, by the way, everybody, you're listening to Heartbeat Radio on the Powerhouse Radio Network, www.prowrestlingpowerhouse.com. Uh, do you find that social media has made it easier for the promoters and the boys to stay in touch with one another? The boys and the girls. Yes. I should say, because obviously, like, you,
0: yes, what are the does. advantages? I mean, um, what? for me, uh, I'll I'll get a recommendation from somebody to check them out, and back when I started six years ago, it would be two or three mo- hour drive to go check them out, but now, um. It's easier through it because you can keep in touch with them. You get posts, you know, you get pictures. They send you YouTube stuff. Um, To me, it's a lot um, less tearing, wearing tear. For for instance, um, we have an Indian kid named Tomahawk, and he was on this Doug Summer Show in Rhode Island. My 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 I, I was texted and my Facebook was jammed with people telling me that we needed to get him sight unseen. I booked him, and he's been a tremendous asset. So I also find that my guys and and now we have fans and fun, know what kind of nips we have and and give us um, our product. I have spent hours. I, I've never watched WWE, but I spend a ton of hours looking at the old stuff on YouTube. So yes, I I, I believe it's been it, for me. It's incredible. I, I can't speak for other other promoters, but um, for me, it is. Uh,
1: uh, Mr. Hart, I will ask you the same question from the uh, from the older perspective here, since you were the booker for Stampede. Um, Uh, what kind of communication process was used back then in order to stay in contact with the boys and the girls that were working in and out of the territory back when you were in charge of the stampede wrestling era?
2: Yeah. uh, I probably should apologize for my, uh, kind of reluctance to embrace modern technology and social media. I know my kids and all like that are kind of, I always, you know, see it sort of as a double edged sword. I, I think, In the one sense, obviously, the sharing of information and perspectives is probably good. In a negative sense, I think there's, you know, it it kind of inhibits your ability to market and, you know, kind of, you know, in the old days, I guess, you know, you would bring in a, a new heel or a new face who had maybe been you know, somewhere else in another territory but uh you could bring them in and almost uh didn't matter whether they had been doing jobs or whatever somewhere else or whatever but you could bring them in and have them uh launched as almost whatever you wanted and uh in a lot of in a lot of cases uh it was to your advantage that there was no preconception of them. But nowadays uh with social media and all like that, if you were to try to do that every and say oh that's so and so he he used to be a jobber in uh x y z promotion or whatever you know so it's uh it's kind of uh maybe maybe I'm living in the past too much, but you know uh th- that's one of the big uh, impediments these days is uh seems like you know, it's it's a lot harder to uh, kind of uh, effectively propagate because there's so much you know awareness. Everybody already knows everything about everybody long before you uh, you know uh, bring them in and that kind of thing. So, I think it's one of the uh, the problems. I think another you know way to rectify that I would suppose would maybe if these I've been advocating that for a long time as these different uh, independent promoters. I think they need to start working a lot more in unison with each other. they got to be sharing talent and ideas and, you know, kind of uh, coming up with ways to, uh, you know, uh, get more benefit out of working with each other, you know sort of a throwback to the old days of the NWA, you know, which uh, there was, you know, enough charlatans and shysters in that organization, too, I might add, but uh, it it was a good uh, prototype, that thing, you know, back in the day when you had the one champion, and, and you know, some of the guys are pretty respectful of old school and all like that, so, i would like to see uh, you know some of these promotions be it like uh, uh Dick Blake's and uh, Tom Burke's and and some of these other uh you know promotions uh working more interactively with each other you know sharing talent establishing some precepts for even the rules and uh you know cutting back on the uh you know the bullshit you know the high spots and the gimmicks and the uh, the backyard nonsense and some of that you know so i think that would i think that's one of the things if if uh, the uh grassroots of the business are ever going to be resown and there's going to be a rebirth of old school wrestling i think it's going to be essential for these uh smaller promotions of these indie promotions it's it's almost like the uh, history has a way of repeating itself but that was the uh genesis of the uh the old nwa was so uh, these you know regional promoters you know finally recognized the benefit of working together and having uh one world champion and sharing talent and sharing ideas and and uh i think uh if wrestling's gonna uh have a renaissance it needs to uh embrace some of those things and and uh these promoters need to start working together and that's even one of the reasons why I'm even on this radio show tonight is uh you know, because I have a lot of respect for a guy like Dick Blake or for Tom Burke or some of these others and uh and I have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, hope that, you know, I, I think it's ultimately of great benefit to the business if some promotions, like theirs and some of the others, you know, flourish. Then uh, it's ultimately going to be a benefit to the whole industry, and they have to start seeing it that way rather than just having. All these little non-related, independent promotions that are not doing anything with each other or for each other—you know—they're not going to ever really go anywhere unless they do start working together and, uh, you know, you know, kind of, uh, you know, united we stand, divided we fall. I guess uh, using that cliche, and it's a good way to uh, perceive it, though.
0: Well, you know, I, I um, find. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Mr.
1: Go ahead, Mr. Blake.
0: I I just find some promoters don't want to because they they're on one path and I'm on another. Um, and I and, you know I I have one other promoter that's close to my age and, that, and that's Sheldon Goldberg. I'm I'm the oldest promoter in New England, so I remember when, and I'm not the Thirty-something promoter, or twenty-something promoter, or um, that's only been brought up with this error. So, and I've been with friends with Tom Burke for forty years. So, I grew up with that mentality of just going over and spending time, and just his apartments like a museum. And, and the best thing about us, the guys, listen to him when they need to, because they respect him, because he is the as you know, one of the best uh, spawns in, in the country, if not the world, and it's Um, uh,
1: Real quick here, since we're coming up against the end of our time for this evening, uh, would you like to give everybody any kind of information as to how they can reach you as far as social media or your website goes, Mr. Blake?
0: Uh we're on Facebook, we're New Age Old Time Wrestling. Uh you can follow us on there and if you want to see any of our matches, we're on uh YouTube, it's New Age Old Time Wrestling, N A O T W. Um we shut down our website because I I know that's kind of a crazy thing, but people only go to the website to get discount tickets. Now we make them go to Facebook to see everything. And um if people are in New England and they have nothing to do next Saturday night to come to Northampton to deduce, they will not be disappointed. They will see a 100% wrestling show. I
1: want to thank you for your time, Mr. Blake. Thank you. Yeah, thank
5: you very uh,
2: much, Dick, for coming on. Thank I, you, Bruce. I, uh, I, I appreciate it. Always, uh, always a pleasure. and uh, I wish you and Tom uh, nothing but... Uh, success i uh, applaud your initiative and uh keep up the good work i uh i implore all the fans to come out and check it out i'm sure uh it'll be uh well worth their time and and uh money so you guys uh keep the faith and uh (laughs) thanks for uh sustaining old school you know i wish there were more guys like you so uh all the very best, and I'll look forward to hearing how your show went and how, uh, how Bobby Valenti... He'll uh, do fine. It does all right. You know, he's his first match, so I'm sure he's got to get to learn. But, uh, you know, I, I hope he uh, behaves himself yeah, and uh, doesn't give you guys any grief.
0: <laughs> um, he won't. Uh, in And Doug will be very good to him. So
2: yeah i you will know, yeah. look forward maybe to seeing uh, the tape on uh, the yeah. the match on youtube or facebook or or whatever you know and uh yeah we I'll we we video so yeah i'll look forward to it and uh and uh thanks for uh taking care of ross down there hope uh you guys have some fun uh-huh.
0: i i i'll see little of him but uh, he's in good hands with tom so Thank you for having me on. I'm going to say goodnight, and I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, all the best, and Dick, uh, give my regards to uh, the Red Sox. hope they uh,
4: <laughs> get the hell
2: out of the cellar. I don't know what's happening. They, they at least won today, I guess. So, <laughs> but uh, All the best, and uh, I'll look forward to talking or hooking up with you in the near future. Thank you, sir. Good night, Bruce. Good night. Good
1: night, Mr. Blake. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on tonight before we call it a wrap here, Mr. Hart?
2: Uh, not really. You know, we just kind of uh, chewing the fat and uh, had a good cross-section of different things and all that other. So, uh, you know, uh, I feel like one of those heel wrestlers who uh, – been yakking all night and then thanking you for conducting a great interview so <laughs> but uh but yeah i appreciate your uh you know uh coming on tonight harry and uh you know uh keeping the uh dialogue going and uh you know uh not not easy so i, I appreciate it and uh i'd just like to thank all the listeners and uh whoever sees fit to check us out you know uh Appreciate your uh, your support and your abiding interest, and hopefully we can get you back on a, another uh, edition of Heartbeat Radio, uh, Harry.
1: I would love to be able to join you guys once again here for the man himself, Bruce Hart, for New Age Old Time Wrestling's owner and promoter, Dick Blake, to the self-proclaimed guardian of New Age Old Time Wrestling and advisor. Tom Burke, as well as your student, Bobby, Bobby Valente. I'm Harry Broadhurst. We want to thank you for tuning in to this evening's episode of Heartbeat Radio, and we'll catch you next Sunday here on Powerhouse Radio. Good night, everybody.
2: Thank you.